Joshua 1, 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your feet, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river to Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to, the, to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Good morning, KGF Church family. It's uh, great to be together in this way. And just a reminder that next week, live stream will pivot a little bit. It's going to become an online hub where you'll have a chance to interact more directly with others. So we're looking forward to that. You'll still get the message, opportunities to be together in this way and pray together. So we look forward to sharing that with you. Well, we continue our series, this Knock Knock series. And uh, today we take on this topic that anyone can have big shoes to fill. We're building off of Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, with Jesus standing at the door of the church of Laodicea, knocking and asking if there's anyone who hears his voice. Now, who are all these anyones? Well, what about those with big shoes to fill? Let's take a look at this picture. That's an old one. I um, wonder if you know the name Wally Pip. Not many do, unless you're like a diehard baseball fan. And I like baseball, but I didn't know who Wally Pip was. But he was actually one of the best home run hitters in the 1910s and into the 1920s. He was quite a hitter. He was very popular. In 1925, he showed up at a game with a headache that he had, he had suffered a concussion. And he had a headache, and so he, he had to be taken out of that game. And he was replaced by a guy named Lou Gehrig. Now, Lou Gehrig began, that was actually his, the second game in a row that he had played, and he would not, uh, he would continue to play games for the next 2,130 2, consecutive games. Yes, Lou Gehrig steps in for an injured Wally Pip, and Lou Gehrig got the um, nickname the Iron Horse because of this. Uh, he never gave up first base again, and he would play all those games in a row. He was one of the best baseball players ever in the Hall of Fame. But on May the 2nd, 1939, something was wrong. It was the beginning of the season. He'd been at 
that star first baseman for all those years, but something was physically wrong with Lou Gehrig. He was having trouble hitting that year. He even went to pick up a ball and could not straighten up on a play to first base. And things were not right, and everybody around him knew it, but who's going to tell the iron horse that he can't play anymore? Well, he walked in on May the 2nd, 1939. He told manager Joe McCarthy that he just cannot play and he needed to be taken out. And he was replaced by a guy named Ellsworth Babe Dahlgren. Now, Gehrig was Dahlgren's hero. He was a, when, when, when Dahlgren was a kid, he idolized Lou Gehrig. He would draw his pictures on his binders at school. And he was the backup first baseman for the New York Yankees. And he pleaded with Gehrig to keep playing because he didn't want to be the guy to fill Lou Gehrig's big shoes. And uh, he even said after he had he said, when Gehrig said, you have to go play, I can't. He said, I had a lump in my throat the size of an apple. Well, the story goes that Lou Gehrig actually never played a baseball game again. It was discovered that he had amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is also known as ALS, which became known as Lou Gehrig's disease. On July the 4th, 1939, two months after he missed that first game, this picture was taken. This is where Lou Gehrig made his famous luckiest man alive speech. And he died less than two years later at the age of 37. Now, Babe, ba Babe Dahlgren, what about him? Well, you don't really know his name. He was an okay player, but his claim to fame was he was the first player to ever be tested for illegal drugs in Major League Baseball history. Would you want to be Babe Dahlgren filling the shoes of Lou Gehrig? Would you want to be stepping into that situation? Whose big shoes are you needing to fill? Kids, as we begin this message today, I got a little exercise for you. I wonder if you could find somebody near you who's bigger than you and go try on their shoes. And maybe for the rest of this message, just walk around with their shoes on. Try to walk in those great big shoes or take their feet and actually trace them on a piece of paper and then put your foot there inside theirs and trace your foot. Um, get to know the name of a big person that maybe you haven't known before. And adults, I want you to learn the name of that kid as well and then say to them, you be strong and courageous. Whose big shoes do you need to fill? Well, how would you like to be Joshua? As we think about this from a biblical perspective this morning, let's think about the person of Joshua, the guy who had to fill in for Moses. Now, there was no one bigger than Moses. He had been God's leader Todd Ringness, our board chair, spoke about Moses last week. Well, Moses became a massive figure in the history of the children of Israel and in our scriptures. He had led the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. He was a hero, but Moses had a problem. He was going to die, and he would not lead the Israelites into the promised land. So who would succeed him? 
This was a huge challenge. A huge challenge for Moses, but it's a huge challenge in any time. Succession planning is a massive headache for companies and when founders begin to pass on something to the next generation, it can be a massive challenge in business. Do you have a will? Who are you passing your stuff on to? Have you taken that step? That can be a big challenge. Same thing in sports, business, all these places. Passing on from one generation to the next is not so easy. And Moses was concerned about how this would happen. So let's pay attention to what Moses asks of God in Numbers chapter 27. In Numbers chapter 27, this is an excerpt of that scripture, uh, but I'll start reading at verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, go up this mountain in the Abarim range and see the land I have given the Israelites. After you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was, which meant he was going to die. For when the community rebelled at the waters in the desert of Zin, both you and both of you disobeyed my command to honor me as holy before their eyes. So Moses wasn't going to be able to walk into the promised land because he had actually had a time where he disobeyed what God had asked. Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will let, lead them out and bring them in so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Moses is concerned about succession. So the Lord said to Moses, verse 18, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the Spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. So Joshua, son of Nun, it doesn't mean he kids. It doesn't mean he didn't have a, a, a mom or a dad. Nun, N-U-N was the guy's name. Either that or it's a massive scandal. Not sure. But number, in, in Numbers 27, God says to Moses, put your hands on Joshua because he has the spirit. He's the one to succeed you. Moses obeyed. And Moses gathered the Israelites together. And this story is told in Deuteronomy chapter 37. Moses gathered the Israelites together and he encouraged them as they prepared to go into the promised land without him. And then in chapter 31, verses 7 and 8, it says this, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the presence of all Israel. That's very important. He gathers them in front of the people. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Now you can hear the remnants of what the Lord had promised to Moses that I'll be with you. And now Moses is passing on that blessing to Joshua. And then in verse 23, if you take a look, Deuteronomy 31, 23, the Lord himself confirms this message and again tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. And so Moses obeys God's directive. The Lord himself confirms it and commissions it. And Joshua is riding high. And then Moses dies. Deuteronomy chapter 34 says something really actually humbling and really sobering if you take a look at it with me. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 7. 
Moses was 120 years old when he died. Whew, that's old. And yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. And so Moses dies. 120 years of life, 30 days of mourning. Hmm. You know, it's pretty interesting. We live our lives, we, we're, we're paying attention to everything we're doing, we're making a name for ourselves, we're, we're, we're accumulating stuff, and no matter how many years you have, 120 or 100 or 70 or 42 or 37, like Lou Gehrig, at some point you will die. Where is your hope? Moses' hope was in the Lord. And when your life is summed up, you might get a day, a two days, a, a week. Moses had 30 days of mourning in his behalf. But as soon as that's over, life goes on. Sun comes up. Business has to happen. People need to be fed. Kids need to be grown. Life continues. And after those 30 days, all eyes turn to Joshua. How can you not feel overwhelmed? Those are huge shoes to fill. And there is a promised land to enter and to conquer. Israel had turned the page. 120 years, 30 days. Now what, Joshua? Now what? Well, we turn the page as well to Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, the land I will give to the Israelites. There's a gulp moment of reality. And God is gracious enough to just say it the way it is. Moses my servant is dead. Now let's just think of a few key things in what God is saying in these words to Joshua. First, it's that Moses was a servant. In the kingdom of God, greatness is servanthood. God gives Moses this title repeatedly. It is the high title of all who are great in God's sight. Moses, my servant. What a great epitaph. Oh, that we would be known as people who know the Lord, the creator, through Jesus Christ, that God would look at us and say, David, my servant. Ella, my servant. Jane, my servant. Peter, my servant. Can he say that about you? This is the epitaph of Moses. Servanthood is what needs to get passed on. The second thing that God says very clearly and that Joshua needs to hear as God is now knocking on the door of his life into this next chapter is that Moses is dead. God speaks reality. The Spirit will never speak platitudes or sugarcoat. God speaks truth and he speaks reality and he'll do it into your life. It's whether you want to hear it or not. But Joshua, actually, to step into the big shoes, actually has to hear it. Moses, my servant, is dead. But the reality is that God's mission continues. Now then, now then, now then, 
This is true, now then, there is work to be done. My mission continues because the reality is that God is in charge, not Moses. And by the way, neither are you. You will pass things on. I was speaking with uh, an older saint in our church in the last week or so here, and uh, one of her great encouraging words is I said, give me some wisdom about what we need to be focusing on into the next while. She said, you need to build into the next generation. We need to give the work to them. Why? She's saying the same thing, because the mission continues. New servants are needed in every generation. And if you're listening to this today and you're 12 or you're 5 or you're 17 or you're 24, new servants are needed for the work of God in the world. Are you willing to be a servant of the King? Be centered in God's voice. Be led by God's voice. Anyone with big shoes to fill needs to hear this, this knock-knock of God on their lives. Hear his voice. Would you open the door? Now, God makes some great promises to Joshua. Verse 3, he says, Listen, Joshua, I will give you every place where, you've set, where, where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I promised. I swore I would give it. Listen, God's promises don't end when things change. Things have changed the last year and a half in all our lives. God's promises don't change. God's purposes don't change. He is on a mission. Will we be his servants? Will we pass it on? The greatest promise is God's presence. As I was, so I will be. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. This is a great promise. This it, this, is the most, this is most often what we need to hear when the moment we live is overwhelming and daunting. I remember being at a great transition of our lives as a family. I was sitting by a pond beside a, beside a little hostel in the Czech Republic, and I was wrestling with God, sitting there with my scriptures, listening, Lord, how are you going to help us through this challenging change that we're going through? And I just heard the Lord promise, I will be with you. It's the same word. And it's settled. It's the promise that an adult makes to a kid in a storm. If you're in a stormy night and you've got a child with you, they just want to be with you. And you just say, I won't leave you. I will be with you. As I was, so I will be. And this is what our Heavenly Father says to us. It's what he says to Joshua. It's what he's saying to you. As I was, so I will be. Times change. Shoes need filling. But God is the same. And then God says to, Mo, to uh, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And now God speaks courage and he gives a key directive to Joshua moving forward. The echoing confirmation of what was previous spoke, previously spoken over Joshua by Moses actually is now spoken to him directly by the Lord. And this is written to us as well. But to Joshua, 
It wasn't. When Joshua first heard this, it wasn't in a book that he could look at. It was God's word spoken to him. And the same God that spoke to Joshua wants to speak to you into your life, into my life. These are the key notes. We need to hear the word spoken. Be strong and courageous. Between verses 7 and 9, this is repeated three times. Be strong and courageous. We need to live in the word spoken. Two times in this stretch of passage, God tells Joshua to meditate on the word of the Lord, the book of the law that Moses had recorded under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Joshua was to live in that word, and then he was to do the word spoken. The word to you, two times he says to him, you meditate on it, you think about it day and night, and be careful to do it, be careful to live it, be careful to obey it. Because not this is not just information, Joshua. This is where many of us stumble. We might know about God's word, but maybe we don't. And one of the things that we most often do not do, perhaps, is actually do what God asks us to do. We want to know about God, but to know God means we actually will live in obedience to God. Be careful, says the Lord to Joshua, to obey. Be careful to do it. And then he says again, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Yeah, Moses originally said this actually back in Deuteronomy. I'm telling you, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And now the Lord says, ah, this is now my command to you, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the same promise that Jesus gives to us who need to fill the big shoes. When Jesus leaves his disciples behind in Matthew chapter 28, the promise, he says, you're going to go and make disciples. And what's the promise? Todd reminded us of this last week and with the words to Moses, it's the same words that Jesus uses. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. God's voice to Joshua with big shoes to fill is to have courage for what lies ahead because of the presence of God. Now, let's just pause and think about reality. The reality is that the ball will come to you. You will have big shoes to fill someday if you don't already. I've had a couple of those moments. I remember when my mom passed away about two and a half years ago. I remember my dad had passed away a few years before. And I just remember driving away uh, from the funeral just thinking, I'm it. I'm it. There's no one else to call above me. I'm it. The... The shoes have to be filled. The knock you see will come to you. You may be the teacher having to step in. You may be the employee that's rising up and needing to fill a gap. You may be a parent for the first time. You may be heading into high school. You may be going into kindergarten. But the reality is that the knock will come to you and you will have to step up. What does anyone need who will have big shoes to fill? I want to point us to six, six things quickly out of the story of Joshua. If you're going to live with the big shoes to fill, you need a Moses in your life. Like Moses spoke to Joshua in Deuteronomy 31 verses 7 and 8, you need someone 
who is speaking into your life, who sees you, who has brought you alongside them, who is asking God about you, praying for you, modeling servanthood and God's ways. Do you have a a Moses in your life? If you don't, pray for this. Pray for it right now. And respond when God answers and brings that person your way. But some of you need to be Moses to the next generation. If you are that Moses, then take your role seriously. Stop separating yourself from the life of those who need you, who need to pick up the servant mantle from you. Open your eyes and look for the Spirit of God in others. If you're going to step into the big shoes, you need to accept reality. Joshua heard from God that Moses is dead. And the challenge had come. You need honest truth spoken to you and you need to accept that honest truth and reality. What is the reality that you're facing? Don't sugarcoat it. Don't justify it. Don't brush it aside and hope somebody else will pick up the pieces. You need to accept reality. Have you accepted it? Are you fighting it? Moving forward requires knowing where you are. Otherwise, you're lost. And God will speak to you and he'll speak honest truth to your situation. And he may send somebody into your life to be that voice. You need to accept reality. If you're going to fill big shoes, you need a servant heart. Moses was called my servant by the Lord. This is the heart and the posture that God blesses and he looks for servants. It was, it's what Jesus said he came to be among us. I'm not among you as one to be served, but I'm among you as one who serves. Be like me because servanthood is the way of Jesus. It's the way of our God. Where is God giving you opportunity to grow this servant heart? Do you know his servant heart? Where will he give you opportunity today? If you're gonna fill big shoes, you need the Holy Spirit. In Numbers chapter 27, Moses knew his time is up and he was asking God to call someone and the Lord pointed to Joshua and he said, here is a man in whom is the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit is given to you at repentance. When you surrender your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and makes you new. It's a work of the Holy Spirit, but the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit comes through the surrendered life. Are you surrendering to the Spirit's leading? Have you asked God's Spirit to take control? This is what is needed for the big tasks that are ahead of you. And the power that God has given you is his very breath, his very spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. If you're going to step into the big shoes, you need to be tuned to God's voice. Joshua didn't just depend on what Moses said to him, although that was important. He needed to be spoken to directly by the Lord, and he did. The same Lord that spoke to Moses spoke to him, and that same Lord desires to speak to you. You need to know the scriptures. The scriptures help you identify and filter and know when God is speaking. Does it make sense with scripture, the word of God? 
You need to be able to have people that are speaking to you and you need to be tuned that when somebody comes and speaks to you, they might actually be, uh, they might be God's servant giving direction to you. You need to, you need to pay attention to the internal promptings in you. Are those God's voice, his direction, his speaking in your life? And then you need a community of people to test that by because it's dangerous just to go on a whim. You test that by scripture and in community, in prayer, but you need to be tuned to God's voice. Are you tuned or is your radio tuning onto something else? If you're gonna step into the big shoes, you actually eventually just have to step into the shoes. Have you heard from the Lord? Uh, having heard from the Lord, Joshua took on the challenge. There comes a time to step into the adventure, to take the challenge that has been given to you, to become the servant encourager of others. And this is what Joshua does, beginning in verse 10. He takes up the challenge, he turns to the people, and he says to them, all right, people, it is time to be strong and courageous. Where is this needed in your life? Are you reluctant? The shoes need somebody to step into, and it might be your time to do it. Can we pause and pray together as we think about Jesus knocking on the door of our lives, the door of our community, asking, uh, who's, who's going to serve? Who's going to pick up the mantle? Who's going to step into the big shoes that are needed to lead into the next wave of what God is wanting to do in the world? How's God been speaking to you this morning? Let's pause and pray. Lord, we worship you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you speak I thank you, Lord, that you have been speaking to people right now. You've been giving clarity about situations they need to step into without fear. They need to walk strong and courageously because as you were, so you will be. You're faithful. So, Lord, where we're scared and unsure, where the moment has come to us and, frankly, we don't know what to do, we ask that you would fill us with your spirit. Would you lead us forward? faithful to who you need us to be for this time and this moment. Lord, help us to be a church like that, ready for this moment that you've called us to. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. We seek to follow after you with courage. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's our discussion starters for today. Desire for you to have conversations with others, to be in a hub, uh, it's a wonderful way to keep growing and processing what the Spirit of God is saying. Here's the questions. How am I this anyone? How am I this person with big shoes to fill? Just be honest. And who are the anyones I know with big shoes to fill? Who are the people around you that God has brought into your path and they've got big shoes to fill and they need somebody coming alongside? Let's talk about this as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Uh, those of you who uh, are wanting to will be celebrating communion in just a moment. So you can just pause. Those questions will come up for you just to think about. And then we'll be joining in the Lord's table together.